0: Amen. Amen. Do please be seated. That hymn we heard as you came in this morning, Come Ye Thankful People Come, I wonder if you were really paying attention to the words as you were singing them, or if, like me, sometimes something happens between the eyes from the words on, on the page and the voice that comes out of your mouth and you go on autopilot. But it was a traditional hymn about the gathering in of the crops. And so often that image of crop gathering can be a little bit at odds with our experience of living in a city centre, can't it? We used to pop to the shops for our bread. We're not used to having to chop the wheat in the field. But it's still worth singing, even in this context. If you look closely, there's actually two types of gathering. There's the gathering of the harvest... And there's also the hope of the final gathering of all of God's faithful people together into his new kingdom. And I think everything in between those two concepts shows us the wider meaning of harvest, which is gratefulness for all that God does and God's provision for both our physical needs and our spiritual sustenance. We tend to turn our minds at harvest to thinking of those who live in countries that are so deprived. We see famine, the effects of climate change. We quite often look to the work of charities like Christian Aid. We're also really aware that these issues are on our own doorstep. Today in this church we've collected food for our local food bank. For so many people are going hungry right outside the door. But this year has been slightly different in that aren't we all especially aware of the lack of stuff at the moment? I think most of us have watched the news. We have seen the worries about whether we will get a turkey at Christmas. Not in my house, we're vegetarian, so never mind. Um, But worries about petrol. And as I've been sat looking at the news this week and looking at some of the things that people are saying on social media, I've seen again and again people sharing posts decrying this sort of sense of panic as frankly a first world problem. We don't need petrol, they say, it's not an essential good, just get a grip and we'll all be fine. And yet... For some people, this is actually a real problem. If you need that petrol to get in the car, to get to work, to get the money in the bank, to buy the food, to put on the table so your children don't go hungry, suddenly, actually, it is an essential good. And so what we're seeing is this gross sense of lack this massive gathering of an awareness of lack, and it seems to be fueling our energy and our politics at the moment. And it's in that light that I think we should come to today's gospel. And Jesus characteristically says something quite challenging and unhelpful. Do not worry. (sighs) Does that help? Has that made it all better? If God looks after the birds and the flowers and the grasses, then surely God will take care of you, says Jesus. But I think to read it in exactly that way is a bit simplistic. It's unhelpful and frankly, it's a little bit insulting to anyone who finds themselves struggling with a lack of anything at the moment. And as such, it provides a real challenge to us as Christians It forces us to ask the question, why do some people go without? It's a version of the big question. Why do bad things happen to good people? And so we must look closer and we must think harder. In the reading, Jesus is calling on imagery of nature, which makes it really appropriate for a harvest reading particularly in a farming context. But what can we do with it when our bread comes often pre-sliced in a plastic packet? Very far cry from even a combine harvester. So let's go back to the words of that hymn that I said encompassed the whole range of harvest, everything in between. It's about a much wider sense of thanksgiving and gratefulness. The reason that it's so important to give thanks for the crops, the reason that that gathering of the harvest was such an important symbol in the church year is because that in an agricultural society no crops mean no food, that means famine and starvation. If you heard the words from the reading from Joel today that this read us, you see the effects of famine, a famine that has been caused by the plague of locusts that have eaten everything and led to hunger and drought. And at the heart of it, whether it's a plague of locusts or whether it's what we're living in today, it's about a lack of things that we really need. Today's equivalent, I think, is about that much wider lack. And that doesn't just include the food but it includes the shopkeepers, the poultry pluckers, the truck drivers, the petrol. Back at shortages again. You thought you'd come to church to get away from the news. And those lacks are before we get anywhere near our existential threat from climate change, war, and the violence against women that is so dominating the headline. And I suggest to you that all of those are also essentially about a lack of something. The lack of a sustainable climate, the lack of the will to make the change, a lack of peace and security, a lack of equality, safety and justice. And so against this larger backdrop of lack and famine, how can we read those words, do not worry and be credible, when actually... We should be worrying. Those are things to worry about. So thinking of the reading, the gospel reading today, let's think first about God's care for the least and the last. Jesus talks of God as feeding the birds and clothing the flowers of the field. And all that implies love and care. If you think back to our creation story... And remember how plants were created on day three, the birds on day five, and finally humanity as the pinnacle of creation on day six, before God saw all that he has made and declared it to be very good. That understanding of mankind as the pinnacle of creation has often led to some pretty bad theology, and has also led too often to our use and abuse of creation. But looking at the words in our gospel passage today, when Jesus says, look at the birds, consider the lilies of the field, there's a much deeper meaning behind those. The Greek word for both the look and the consider is actually about looking really closely with complete care and complete attention. It is a loving look. It's not a cursory glance. So if God considers the birds and the grasses and the flowers with that sense of looking and love, how much more must our God care for us, says Jesus? There's a challenge there for all of us in terms of how we treat creation. How should we look at the birds and the lilies and the grasses with that same look of love and care? And so there is something very strong in this passage about remembering God's care for us. And that is something to be thankful for indeed, even when the world seems to be falling apart around us. And that sense of something to be grateful for is at the heart of harvest. In his first letter to the Thessalonians, Paul writes, Give thanks in all circumstances which I'm sure most of you know is really hard to do, and it's even harder to preach. But I think that this passage in the Gospel helps us with that giving thanks in all circumstances, because it goes back to the loving consideration. If we practice loving consideration, not only do we get ourselves in right relationship with the whole of creation around us, but it teaches us something as well. Like many this week, I have found myself struggling with the weight of the headlines. As people have phoned me up and said, what can I do, I can't make sense of the world around me. Frankly, it has reduced me to tears on a number of occasions. It's been a fairly grim week, hasn't it? And as I was talking with someone about it, I happened to glance past them out the window. And in the bird bath was a robin with the most beautiful red breast I think I have ever seen. It was having a bath. Frankly, it was enjoying itself. It looked like it was living its very best life. What a spark of joy in a day that had felt very heavy and full of dark, dark things. Look at the birds, says Jesus. So how about... In the darkness, we look not just for the big things, big things like food and health and peace, but what if we look for the tiniest, tiniest moments that have good and light and joy and kindness, because we find them more often than we would think, even in the midst of the most difficult times. The organisation God Venture, who we get a lot of resources for for children and families' work, have renamed October this year as Thanktober. And it's about encouraging us all to develop this sense of gratefulness and thanksgiving, to practice it in the tiny things so that when we go without the bigger, we can still be people of joy and thanks. And so I share that challenge with you this month. I've photocopied you some sheets that you may have got on the way in, if not, help yourself on the way out, that's got some suggestions of things to think of each day for the rest of October. If you think of something else, be my guest. They're only a starting point. But towards the end of today's gospel passage, Jesus qualifies his suggestion about not worrying with his instruction to strive instead for the kingdom of God. Because in the face of all the bad news around us, all the fear, all the uncertainty, all the lack, that kingdom can so often seem just so far out of reach. And it leaves us feeling a bit helpless, doesn't it? What can I do? What can I do in the face of all this? But I suggest that noticing the tiny moments of joy and marking them with gratitude to our God and Maker is actually an act of defiance, the defiance against the darkness of the world. And each one is a tiny, tiny step towards that kingdom. They might be tiny, but think about how they add up. Think about the difference it would make in how we feel about our life and our circumstance. Imagine the difference that it would make about how we treat and speak to others, how we share things with others, the difference to how we live out our faith every single day. At Wednesday Wanderings this week, um, we were looking at this gospel passage and. We bought the image of a sunflower head, and I see there are some down here, so do take a moment at the end of the service to have a look. The image of a sunflower head at this season, dried up, brown, not particularly attractive looking, and yet full to bursting with seeds of hope and new life. Isn't that a beautiful image of gratitude in the face of difficulty so this harvest and in this season of thanktober let us all be people of thanks people of gratitude the noticers and the bearers of the seeds of joy so I challenge you this month you've got another sheet with you and it looks like sunflower seeds or if you didn't know they were sunflower seeds I'm now telling you that's what they are <laughs> stand very still don't move (laughs) Um, i challenge you every day for the rest of this month to write something that you are grateful for however small however tiny on one of those seeds and maybe at the end of the month or throughout the weeks of the month bring it back and we will put them up as a display and see how much thanks and gratefulness to our god and maker we can achieve in this place Let us be people of thanks and bearers of tiny pieces of joy. Amen.